stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Moore. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. It is Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. I am Drew, your host. And every week at 9 o'clock, we... Uh, we do it up like this. We play your favorite country music, and we get you updated with what's the latest in the outdoor world with uh, Wyoming Game and Fish Department, Brian Woodward from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, and this week, J.J. Hinton from the Mule Deer Foundation is going to join us on the program. Uh, you don't want to miss out on any of this, and of course, you can listen to all of our different episodes on our app. Very simple. Get over there and check it out. Let's get into the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. <laughs> My country, 95.5. Hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country, 95.5. All right, welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. We do appreciate you sticking around. And of course, if you miss any of our segments, you can go right into the mobile app and listen 24 7. On demand, all of our uh, different programs are up there. I think we're moving up on 20 now already in 2022. So, uh, Janet, that's a, a lot of different programs that we're on. It is, and you're always you're always keeping me on my toes with questions and comments. So hopefully um, folks can put any more in that they might have because sometimes we're running out. And one of them, we have to bring in an, an expert when it comes to fishing with uh, with Wyoming and Matt Hahn is with us today and uh Matt there's there's a fish out there that people are kind of getting confused with walleye but it's important that we talk about this type of fish because you guys are doing all kinds of studies on the sauger now yeah that's right uh you know sauger used to be uh native to the North Platte drainage they're actually one of the few native sport fish that, that we have in this drainage they disappeared from the river by about the 1940s um and it basically been gone ever since uh we got uh sauger fingerlings from Nebraska um with you know through a, a, a trade for trout eggs and um started stocking them clear up by Dave Johnston power plant um and knowing full well that they would drift drift down into Glendo, but you know, our whole goal with this is to reestablish this, this native species uh, back into the system. How long will it really take for that to actually happen, for you to go from nothing to fully stocked? Well, we're closing in on it right now, Drew. Uh, we've stocked probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 500,000 sauger into the system below Dave Johnston since we started doing it. And this will be the last year that we stock they're staging to spawn. Uh, they should. This will be the first natural recruitment year. We'll stock again this year, but then going forward, it should all be self-sustaining. And hence the reason, Drew, why we are here talking about it is because they are finally big enough that a lot of people are catching them. And they are close enough in relation in sight in size to a lot of the walleye in Glendo that people are getting um, a little bit messed up. Now, Matt, you guys, you had mentioned that you're out tagging some. What does that entail? I mean, are we talking like banded ducks? 
Oh yeah, kind of. Uh, so we're putting radio transmitters in about 40 adult sauger right now. And the idea behind that is, is it, it lets us see how far upriver they're moving um, by putting these radio tags in these fish. We're able to see if, if they're, they're getting above the, the barrier or not. So, I mean, you said that stocking 500,000 and you have 40. So this is a rare find. If you were to actually catch one of these that has one of the, the, the tags on it, but there's kind of a, a catch. You don't want it to be like a, a duck band where you put it on a necklace. I mean, these are expensive pieces of technology. That's right, Drew. It's, it's really pretty neat to, to see how these things are, are done. These guys actually go out and, and find the fish, and then they do little surgery on them, right? So they, they insert these tags, and, and so they're, they're there, and, and they're meant to stay there. We want, we want to try to keep the data out there so that we're learning some of this stuff. But if you're an angler and you happen to catch that fish and you want to keep that fish and, and have it for dinner, which, you know, is perfectly acceptable, we just want um, anglers to know that we want that tag back so we can put it in another fish. And you were chatting with me a little earlier that people are kind of getting confused when it comes to limits on these fish because it's not the same as walleye. It's not in the class of walleye, and you can't keep as many as you can walleye. The sauger, because they are kind of a, uh, we call them a species of greatest conservation need, being a being a native fish and, and not terribly abundant yet, um, the, the statewide limit on sauger is two. So at Glendo, the limit on walleye is six with you know, the addition of a 15 inch minimum length limit. But sauger are a different species and they have a different limit. So the limit on sauger is only two. You know, they could be whatever size you want, but you can only have two. Um, and so we're starting to see right now, the sauger fishing is actually kind of heated up in the last week or two, especially up in the, the canyon area on the upper end of, uh, by Elkhorn Bay and that at Glendo. And, and we're starting to see uh, guys with over limits of sauger, um, not on purpose, they just didn't realize there are sauger in the lake as well. And so they're, you know, thinking, wow, this is kind of a weird, dark, splotchy walleye, but whatever. And they throw it in the, the live well and, you know, and they end up uh, getting checked and they have five or six sauger on their boat. So um, people do need to uh, recognize the fact that there are sauger in Glendo, that they are a different species and they have a different limit. Now, Similar to guys that fish poison a lot, you know, deal with that all the time. Janet, you actually have uh, a way for people to learn how to tell the difference between the two because, like you said, it's something that hasn't been around for a while and now they're starting to show up a little more frequently. Exactly. On the Game and Fish webpage, we do have a fish ID quiz that you can go in. And if you click on kind of that, that introductory page, it has a what is the difference between a walleye and a sauger? And it has an actual fish photo. And so you can kind of see side-by-side -side comparison of what a walleye should look like and what a sauger should look like. And hopefully that will really help folks and prevent anyone from getting in a, a situation where they might get sighted. Very good. You want more information? Contact Game and & Fish. And of course, on the website, you can find what it actually looks like between a sauger and a walleye. Matt, Janet, thanks so much. Thanks, Drew. Wyoming, Wyoming, hooking and hunting outdoors. My country, 95.5. All right, Janet and Matt on with this. And so a very important day for the learning 
Uh, the education of children and fishing is coming up very soon, and that's the free fishing day. And Janet, when is that going to land this year? That will be the first Saturday in June every year. So this year, that is Saturday, June 4th. What kind of uh, fishing can be done on that day with the, with the, the youngsters? So it's, it's a super exciting day. So anyone in Wyoming can fish for free. You do not need to have a license unless you're fishing on the Wind, Res Wind River Reservation or in Yellowstone National Park. But anywhere else in, in the, the state, as long as you're following all rules and regulations, you can fish without a license. Um, that is, is also a super special day because that is when many of, of the small communities around the state host community fishing days or kid fishing days to coincide with that free fishing day. Matt, I know you have uh, a couple of kids and you like to take them out with you, but what fishing would you recommend a parent take their kid out to, to learn on? I mean, I've, fly fishing isn't probably the, the first pole you want to put in somebody's hand. <laughs> yeah, unless you like to untangle lines. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like Janet mentioned, there's a lot of kid fishing day opportunities around the state. And, you know, like here in Casper, we do one at Yesmus Pond and the North Platte Walleyes Unlimited guys come and the TU guys come and they help, they give out fishing poles for free to the kids and they help, you know, help teach the kids how to tie knots and cast and everything like that. And those those events are held at ponds that we, we try to get the pond stocked full of fish pretty much immediately before the before the derby so that there's plenty of fish to catch and there's lots of adults there that that are really good fishermen to help the kids out so that's a great event here in casper um, we hold it at the yes Ness community fisheries pond just off of outer drive and poplar and it's actually hosted by the city of casper the community recreation foundation and, and organized um, by the aquatic center and so it's a really great like community effort that has a lot of the organizations that that matt talked about that come and help out with the kids game and fish will be there um, like he said, the North Platte Walleyes Unlimited donates all of the fishing poles, and then the other organizations are there to help kids learn how to fish. And so it's it's really a fun day. It's We'll be there from 9 until um, 1 o'clock, and you can just come out and enjoy a fantastic day of catching fish. If you want your kids to learn in on some of those fishing tricks before this day, make sure to go to the Wyoming Outdoor Expo, which is coming up uh, next week. So uh, details about both of these events, you can find them at the WGFD.wyo.gov. Wyoming Outdoors, my country, 95.5. It's Drew and Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And as always, we're here pondering what great things the world has to offer. And I think what we have come up with, if you have a rod and a reel, you're fine. That's right. And and buy a little dirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can get just a little. Yeah, you know? just a little. Just a little bit. I mean, it could have worms in it. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, worms in a fishing pole, just add add water. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean you're, you're in good shape if you have all that. And guess what? We've got a whole bunch of them right outside the door here. Oh yeah, we uh, we're 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 in really good shape with our fishing stuff for the for the season, and uh, 
We can pretty much uh, walk you through what you're going to need to catch just about every species of fish in this area. We're, we're just a hop, skip, and a jump literally a couple of days away from May. And, you know, we're going to get into that summertime heat toward the end of May. And things will really start really firing up on all of the different uh, lakes and, and reservoirs. And even the river has really had some action lately. And uh, where do you think it's going to go for the next couple of weeks? You know, is it going to kind of stay the same or... Yeah, you know, we start usually seeing this time of year the the uh, temperatures start to stabilize and we don't have the storms kind of running through and the, you know, the mother nature fit of throwing us two inches or three inches of snow on random. And so the, the fish tend to, you know, start kind of, you know, getting into some more, you know, patternable patterns where you kind of can figure out what they do and, and they, they're not just there one day they're there for a few days so um yeah with the water uh, water levels um you know starting to rise and come up pretty decent um fishing should be great now uh, obviously the the warm air is going to warm the water and then the fish will start reacting to your, your baits a little different are you throwing anything different than you were say a month ago you know, um, we'll we'll kind of start transitioning from our you know that typical jig and a minnow bite to uh, maybe a, a few more plastics for the walleyes. You know, a jig with a minnow imitation like a zoom fluke or you know a kitek bait or even a twister tail. And as that water warms up, those fish just get a little more aggressive. And so, I like I like fishing plastics because I can fish uh, areas a little bit quicker and more efficiently. Uh, with a minnow, you know, you're kind of slowly lifting and dragging and, you know, you're waiting for just to feel that weight there. But when you start throwing uh, like plastics and, and crankbaits, you know, it's a more of aggressive bite. And so you can you can pitch uh, the, that bait a little bit faster and work an area and then move on to the next area until you find that pot of fish. With the water levels coming up and, and changing a little bit, will you have any different in the colors that you'll use uh, when it comes to, to the plastics? Well, not so much um, colors based on water temperature, but uh, colors definitely based on uh, bodies of water that we're fishing. So I can tell you when I, when I go to Pathfinder Reservoir, one of my favorite colors up there is lavender. And I, I'm, I can't tell you exactly why, but you know, when you look at that lavender bait, I think it has a lot of the same colors that a rainbow trout has in it. And so, you know, there's nothing like a trout fed walleye. Yeah. And so those, those walleyes, uh, they love it. And so uh, if I had one bait, that's what I would take up there. Uh, when you start getting into reservoirs like Boysen Reservoir and Glendo, there's a lot of perch and a lot of crappie. So I changed the color patterns up to more fire tiger, um, more of the green uh, sunfish type of, type of looking stuff. Uh, even uh, baby bass down at Glendo, that color has worked really well. So uh, just more on, on bodies of water. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because you may not, if you're a beginning angler or you've been fishing for a little bit, you, like colors not really something you think about but when you walk down the aisles here it's like a rainbow of colors right yeah and a lot of people will say well there's more colors just to attract more fishermen but um there's definitely there's something to the science in terms of what fish see color wise based on uh water clarity and on uh the time of day you know so during a bright sunny day versus a cloudy day you know dark days dark colors they, uh, they used to always say so um you just have to be a little versatile and be willing to change things up and uh you know do what you have to do and by having a, a tackle box with assorting assortments of colors and and shapes and and baits i mean that's the the best way to go yeah you know and and you know i've got 
bags and bags of different colors of plastics and you kind of get into a, a habit of, of throwing certain ones because they've worked but you kind of forget about the ones that worked two and three years ago so yeah. you know going through that and not being afraid to change up uh, your, your baits a little bit uh, change the water depths that you're fishing in uh, typically this time of year when the water's rising I like to fish for the walleye shallower than deeper um, so I'll always start shallow and then kind of work deep and watch my graph to see where I'm marking fish well make sure you check out their uh, Facebook page uh, which is Rocky Mountain Discount Sports Casper and if you're out fishing and you catch a uh, nice looking fish when you're letting it go make sure you snap a picture and post it up there yeah, we've had a couple of good ones come through, and uh, uh, pretty exciting. If you if you can't get it uh, uploaded to uh, the Facebook, just go to uh, Messenger and and drop us a message there with that photo, and then I'll make sure it gets posted. Awesome, go check it out. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports Casper on Facebook. Filming, hooking, and hunting outdoors on My Country ninety five five. Thanks so much for tuning in, and if you have any questions, if you have any ideas, or you have any people, or you yourself would like to talk to us here on the show, we sure would love to hear from you. Get over to the radio station's app, and you can let us know. Now, we have a great relationship with the Mule Deer Foundation. They're based out of Salt Lake City, Utah, but they are spread all over the western United States. We talked normally to Regional Director Sean Blazak, but we've gone a a little further into the company, J.J. Hinton is the outreach coordinator. And, J.J., it's a good time of year. Are you guys staying busy? Uh, you know, uh, busy, busy, busy. Uh, you know, it's a small organization. We all get to wear lots and lots of hats. So sometimes it goes a little bit better than other times. But, uh, you know, at the moment, just kind of busy, busy. Now, you guys are small but big because you reach a lot of areas all throughout the western United States. And as far as right here in, in Wyoming, I mean, it's it's great to hear all the events that are planned already and a lot of the work that's going to be done this summer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, Wyoming is just such a busy state for us from top to bottom. And uh, when we've got such great partnerships going with, uh, you know, organizations like the Wyoming Migration Initiative and the University. University of Wyoming with the research projects that they're doing up there that, uh, yeah, Wyoming, Wyoming definitely keeps us busy. Uh, you've been doing outdoor stuff your, your entire life. I mean, obviously working with the Mule Deer Foundation, it's something that's close to your heart. So I'm sure the conservation of this is something that really uh, hits close to home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I had a, a long career working inside of the uh, you know, hunting products industry uh, before I ended up making a leap and, and moving over here to the Mule Deer Foundation. And just really an opportunity for opportunity for me to give back. Uh, you know, the outdoors provide me just just so much personally. Um, you know, anything that I can do to give back and and put habitat on the ground and create more opportunities for for those folks that are you know interested in getting out there and hunting and even for those folks that are just interested in and being out and you know interacting and seeing wildlife it's important to me you know and that's something that i think maybe gets lost in translation a lot of times is you don't have to be a hunter to be a part of the mule deer foundation i mean you're benefiting the mule deer as a whole 
Well, and, and and we're benefiting so much more than just mule deer as well. You know, while we're obviously the mule deer foundation, you know, every species that uh, shares the landscape and shares the habitat that the mule deer um, do use, uh, utilize, it benefit from the work that we're doing. So, uh, you know, it, it's great for obviously hunters, but, you know, even for the folks that are just uh, headed out camping for the weekend or, you know, coming out west to, to go to Yellowstone and, and go on a road trip to, to see robust wildlife populations is is something that an awful lot of people enjoy obviously not just hunters and kids too i i mean having nieces and nephews and seeing the look on their face when they see a deer or they see an antelope or they see a, an elk i mean it just it brightens the the whole day when they see something like that Right, and it, and it provides us a, a, a ton of teachable opportunities to, to really have in-depth conversation with kids about, you know, the importance of, uh, you know, strong ecological policy and, um, you know, the way we live our lives on a day-to-day basis that, that you know, there is a, a duty for us to give back. And, and so anytime that we see those animals, those teachable moments are important for us moving forward. JJ, what's something that you would pass on or wish? for parents to pass on to their kids to to keep the fire burning in their kids? You know, I, I really think at the end of the day, it just comes down to instilling a responsibility. Uh, you know, we look at these, particularly here in the West, these vast public lands, and, you know, all too often folks kind of don't think a lot about where their role in, in, in you know, management of those uh, those lands falls. And so I just think it's important for, for folks to remember to, to continue communicating that, that, you know, when we go out in the field, I know when my wife and I go hunting or fishing, at the end of the day, we always try and make sure and pack garbage out if we find it uh, and, and you know, leave it a little better than when we found it. Go to MuleDeer.org. There's education parts. There's well, it's education on multiple levels because it'll teach you things about mule deer that maybe you didn't know, uh, how to get involved with that, and even how Mule Deer Foundation works. And uh, it's you know I've worked with uh, you guys for nearly a year now, and just to see all the strides that are being made for conservation is just amazing. Yeah, and and we're we're an organization that's really just uh, just really poised to make to make a lot of growth happen really quickly right now, and and that's reflective uh, within our staff structure now. We're we're adding biologists to our staff left and right, and uh, and then a lot a lot of them are specialized biologists that are really working in really small um, in the grand scheme small areas to really be focal about creating the best habitat out there. And you know the biggest deal for us is just to to really communicate that well to the public and let them know what we're doing because you know I think that there's a there's a lot of uh, you know people have questions about how NGOs work and how we work within the you know federal and state governmental structure to get a lot of this uh, project work done on the ground well and it's so good to all you guys do and, and JJ Hinton uh, really uh, appreciate you spending some time with me outreach coordinator for the Mule Deer Foundation, and uh, we really look to have a really good relationship with you guys in the future and, and help get some, some big things done. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us on, and thanks for helping us uh, continue to spread our message through and, and reach more people. You know, the, the more people that we can get involved and at least have an understanding of what we're doing, uh, 